Next on BYU Sports Nation, the worlds of Jimmermania and Pokemon Go collide all on one wild Saturday night. What can Cougar fans expect from this year's defensive backs? And if we're talking BYU secondary, you know Brian Logan wants in. He joins the program. Plus, associate head coach Chris Watkins of BYU Women's Soccer. Why the Cougars have loaded up the schedule of national powers again. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, B.O.B., your host, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, back to work on a Monday, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, July 11th. Hashtag Slurpees. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with... 1989 Salt Lake County Pong champion, Jason Shepard. It's not something I like to brag about, but that was kind of a big deal. How many levels are in Pong? Uh, well, I don't know. The champion doesn't know how many levels <laughs> I, there are in Pong? I, is, is it, I, 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 I won all of them. Probably, however, many, okay. however many there are, I won them all. Probably 99 because like once there's only like two digit yeah, markers. Yeah, exactly. There's like two barriers that, that you can... It goes up to 99, and then it resets to zero. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's completely – apparently not carrying the mantle of the 1989 Salt Lake County Pong champion well, if I don't know how many levels there are. It's only been 27 years, hey, Jason. here's the deal, though. Man, those are some cutting-edge graphics back in the day. <laughs> 0.5 megapixels. <laughs> how, many, how many hours did people spend Boop. staring, like, just turning the, turning the knob? Boop. Yeah. Or like – it is not ever going to get better than this. <laughs> oh, in the spirit of video games, if you are not aware of the latest video game, sens- uh, game sensation, let us introduce you to Pokemon Go, a video game that is spreading like wildfire across the world. Here is your 30-second tutorial. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. On Pokemon Go. Okay, it, this was first brought to our attention by Matt Brown of SB Nation last week. We're talking about a game that in at least one instance has people stopping in the middle of the freeway. For real. Causing a 15-car pileup trying to catch Pokemon characters. They'll go anywhere. They pay no attention to anybody and do whatever they want. Including the creepy guy that was across the street in the 1989 <laughs> Honda Accord from my house last night. You better hope he was just playing Pokemon. Okay. Uh, you gather at local landmarks that, in, that include church meeting houses and government yes. buildings. Like, to train these fictional characters. BYU punter Johnny Linehan, and you know he was going to get involved in this conversation, had a few things to say about it. Listen to this. At Linehan 9 said... Me, I'm going to walk home from church today. Wife, why? You won't understand. Just meet me at home. Hashtag Pokemon Go. Hashtag gotta catch them all. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And here's the thing. Johnny said the whole team is into this. He says it's not just him. The whole team has gone Pokemon Go crazy. He also said this. My wife's scared that she's going to wake up in the middle of the night and I won't be there because I'm out looking for Pokemon. Hashtag Pokemon (laughs) Go. People are like, what in the world is this? Here's how it works. Basically, you download the game on your phone, and it uses GPS map technology in your phone to send people on a hunt for these fictional video game creatures that you, one, capture. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you first you, you capture, you capture them. them, and then you train them to be awesome. You train them to 
battle for you. As as we've been told. <laughs> I love how we're giving the tutorial, but we had to have the tutorial given an to hour us, ago. Like an hour One ago. hour ago. Okay. Now there are Pokemon superstars, superstars, okay? Such as Pikachu. Of course. Charizard. Uh Blastoise. Mewtwo <laughs> and Alakazam. <gasps> I can love that we're talking about this today. If you were to relate these characters to BYU stars, Charizard is Taysom Hill. Just a beast mode Pokemon. Okay, Please elaborate more on why Mew- he's Charizard. Mewtwo is Ty Detmer. He's the legacy. The legacy Pokemon. A guy mm-hmm. that's got a storied history. And Jimmer Fredette is Alakazam because he's a major offensive weapon. And we'll have much more on this Really important stuff in a few minutes, but not before we roll out today's Twitter question. Which video game best describes your BYU fandom and why? (laughs) At BYU underscore undefeated says Pokemon Go because I am obsessed as are three billion people across the world. Thank you, Nintendo, for that. Johnny Linehan has uh, tweeted the following as well at JLinehan9. Pokemon Go gives punters everywhere the opportunity to look productive on the sidelines during practices. Uh, <laughs> Are you paying attention? Oh, my goodness. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, led off by our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Jimmer Fredette scored a video game-esque 26 points in 26 minutes against the Grizzlies on Saturday. He stole the NBA Summer League show, didn't he? He was on fire. He was he was Jimmer. This is what Jimmer can do. Jimmer was being Jimmer, and I could not have been happier. Playing for the Denver Nuggets Summer League team. He's back in action tonight. You can watch him again with the Nuggets against the Miami Heat, 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. And he's not the only BYU Cougar playing in the Vegas Summer League. Kyle Collinsworth had four points, four rebounds, three assists, and two steals in 21 minutes on Saturday night for the Dallas Mavericks. Now, Collinsworth and the Mavs will play again tonight against the Toronto Raptors at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBA TV. Also on the hardwood, Brandon Davies had three points, four rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block shot for his new Summer League team. He was playing with Detroit in the Orlando Summer League, in the Vegas Summer League, he's playing with the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Why not? Just, hey. just Bulls, Pistons, let's do it all. Let's do it. By the way, Kyle Collinsworth, I believe, is more of a Blastoise Pokemon Oh, Go clearly. Character. Clearly. Can do it all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jack of all <laughs> trades. Yeah, no. You're, you're preaching to the choir on this The BYU one. women's soccer team has released their full schedule for 2016. The first five games are as follows. At UCLA, at Washington State, Nebraska, at Penn State, and Tennessee at Southfield in Provo. Chris Watkins, the associate head coach, will join us a little bit later to talk about why they have loaded the schedule like we just introduced. And a former BYU baseball pitcher, Colton Mahoney, pitched five and a third innings. He allowed seven hits, zero earned runs. He also struck out three batters as he got the win versus the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. Colton Mahoney against the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. Hey. Can't make this stuff nope, up. Can't make it up. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Pokemon Battle. I choose you, Jimmer. Yeah, that was my best <laughs> Ash Ketchum impersonation, apparently a character from the cartoon show. Uh, again, I've learned all of this this morning. Pokemon Go, as we just explained, is taking over on social media, kind of like for BYU fans 
Jimmermania did. And not just BYU fans. Jimmermania became just a basketball fan, sports Any college basketball fan knew who Jimmer was. The two of those things, speaking of Pokemon and Jimmer, crossed over on Saturday night on my sports-driven social media timeline, and it was really entertaining. For every Jimmer tweet or post I saw, there were two or three Pokemon Go references. (laughs) He's dropping video game-type numbers. And anytime we can discuss video games in BYU, we're going to run with it, Jason. So in the spirit of Pokemon... If I could capture Jimmer Fredette in his 2011 form, okay? Okay. Train him uh, to go out and battle. Battle for in, you? To battle for me in the NBA. Okay. I would do it wholeheartedly. But is that feasible in today's NBA game? I mean, really, what's the best fit for Jimmer Fredette in professional basketball right now? And I'm talking anywhere. What's the best professional basketball fit for Jimmer? Mike Smith a guy that was drafted 13th overall into the NBA in the late 80s, talked specifically about Jimmer and his game translating over to the NBA just a couple of weeks ago. There's no reason he can't go play overseas, and and I know he doesn't want to give up the dream, but and go play for 12 years. I mean, he could score a bundle over there. The game is suited to spacing and shooting, and they don't have long athletic guards like that they have guards of similar stature nobody loves the jimmer quite like jason shepherd <laughs> so what i mean what's like in his best interest what's what would you like to see happen what's the best fit for him clearly the best fit for him is is a team and this is in the nba it's over in europe whoever brings in jimmer you have to know what you have you can't bring this guy in expecting him to be a completely different player than he has always been. I, I mean, if I hear one more person say, well, he doesn't belong in the league because he can't play defense, I, I, I'm going to pull my hair out. Hey, what about James Harden, ball it, cop? Does it, he play any that's defense? That's my point. If, if you weren't allowed in the NBA because you couldn't play defense, the NBA would have trouble filling rosters, okay? I don't want to hear that. Jimmer Fredette, for a team to bring him in, Nobody's fooling themselves that he's coming in and is going to be a starter, okay? Jimmer is going to be a role player sitting at the end of your bench and available when you need instant offense. When you need a jolt, that's what Jimmer is going to be. And I look, I mean, I love the NBA. I follow the NBA very closely. And I know what's at the end of some of these NBA rosters bench. I I know the players that are there. And you cannot tell me that Jimmer doesn't deserve to be on, on, on an NBA roster. You just can't tell me that. Jimmer Fredette needs the ball in his hands. Is there an NBA team that is willing to put the ball in his hands for 15 minutes a night and let him do Jimmer things on the offensive end? Is there a team out there? I don't know. If I knew, I would tell you. I don't know that there is that team right now. You know, you talk about fit, and in the NBA How many times prior to going to San Antonio for a short period of time last year did we all say, San Antonio would be a perfect fit? Well, he did go there, and they released him. So, again, I I just, a perfect fit. Look, as as Mike Smith said, he, he clearly doesn't want to give up on the dream. And that dream is playing in the NBA. He's had offers and opportunities to go play overseas since day one and has chosen every single time to give the NBA another shot. Yeah, he doesn't want to give up the he dream. He doesn't want to give it up. But I, think, I don't blame him. But there was a different sentiment coming from Jimmer heading into this offseason, where he seemed at least 
Clearly, he's going to try and make it in the NBA, but I think the opportunity to go play overseas, I think that is becoming much more of an option in his mind than maybe in years past. Because I think he realizes, yeah, my, maybe my game is better suited for this, and I can go over and have a stellar career, just like Mike Smith said. His confidence level right now is the highest it has been since he left BYU. In the five years that he has been in and out of different NBA franchises, whether it be Sacramento, Chicago, New Orleans, the New York Knicks for a 20- or 10-day stint last season, his confidence is high because he was playing regular minutes in the NBA D-League and he found that offensive mojo again. He just he got back into Jimmer mode. So I don't care where he plays. Obviously, he wants to play in the NBA. And if there is a team that will give him 15 minutes a night and let the ball be in his hands. Great. I just don't know that there is. What I want for him more than anything is to go where he can play his game and feel appreciated. If it's in Europe, you can't tell me he wouldn't be an an overnight superstar with his game play. Pulling up from 28 feet on the break. I was watching the highlights on Saturday night in the Nuggets Summer League game. There was one three-pointer that... It was in and out of his hands in like .2 seconds. <laughs> it was amazing. And it was like, that's the Jimmer of old. Well, and there was another play. He drove to the basket, got hammered. I think he threw the ball up and it got partially blocked. And he still, it, this, the ball still went in. This guy has a knack for scoring. And even in the limited time, the 10-day contract he got with the New York Knicks, what did he do as soon as he got onto the floor with the Knicks? Scored. He shot the ball. He shot the ball and scored. And I, I just, like I said, in knowing what's at the end of some of these benches in the NBA, you cannot tell me that Jimmer can't be one of those guys. Is there an NBA scout somewhere that can channel his inner Ash Ketchum and go and catch Jimmer? <laughs> Jimmer, we and, choose you! And train him to battle like a Pokemon superstar on an NBA floor. Which, which Pokemon did we say uh, Jimmer was? Alakazam. Alakazam. Huge offensive uh, upside. <laughs> Right now, I mean, odds are odds are better that Jimmer can do his Jimmer thing in Europe. It is what it is. But I'm not ruling out that an NBA team maybe that wants to sell some tickets and just roll the dice with them a little bit, we'll put him out there for 15 minutes. I hope that he gets that opportunity, but I want him to be confident. I want him to be a star, and I want him to be happy doing his thing. So wherever that is, I don't care where it is, just be able to play Jimmer-type basketball. And that's that's what this is going to come down to, what he wants to do. If he wants to keep trying to make the NBA, that's what he's going to do. If he wants to go over to Europe, there's opportunities. Which video game best describes your BYU fandom and why? At Lady M. Stonewall says Assassin's Creed. <laughs> go big or go home. <laughs> okay. Coming up, Brian Logan, why he thinks every BYU fan needs to play Pokemon Go. And we'll talk some football, too. BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and utilize the hashtag BYUSN. That's right, BYU Sports Nation all over social media. As I just mentioned, on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. It's BYU Sports Nation on Instagram. And for all you Snapchatters, BYUSN. I don't know if that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> just go with it, man. Just, just, we'll just pass it. Just move on by. Jason's been receiving some text messages both from, my, his, from his children. Yeah, my, my son and my daughter are both sending me texts. Uh, here is a, a picture of uh, Blastoise, if, uh, if anyone's <laughs> curious what Blastoise looks like. 
Uh, he is blue, so you know may fit into the to the BYU. Okay. And then we've got a picture of uh, Jimmer, aka Alakazam, is is the other one. So there you go. My children are texting me pictures of these. Oh, we've been Pokemon. we've been corrected a few times. Okay, <laughs> pronunciations. Yes. Uh, also, we compared uh, Kyle Collinsworth, I believe. To a Blastoise, right? And they said, "No, that's not even close. He's more of a Mew because he can. He, <laughs> How he has dare we? So many abilities. <laughs> he can. He can learn all of these different abilities. A jack of all trades. Uh, so, so there you go. I wish I could say it was just a generational thing, but I mean, I, I know people who are in their fifties and sixties who, over the past couple of days, have been Pokemon hunting. <sighs> Which video game best describes your BYU fandom and why? <laughs> Maybe it's Pokemon Go. At Still Team Riley says Tetris. That's at least how I think Tom Homo feels trying to put the schedule together. <laughs> nice. Well done. Well that played. was well, well thought out. Well played. At Cisco Roo, Contra or Battletoads? I love Battletoads. I loved Contra. That was an awesome game. So much fun, but so frustratingly difficult at times. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is a man who I can guarantee you believes all people <laughs> should download Pokemon Go because he was trying to sell me on it over the weekend. That is Brian Logan, former BYU football player. Brian, what's the big deal with Pokemon, man? What's happening? Man, it's uh, it's you know, as, as a child growing up and being obsessed with Pokemon, having the game, having uh, the cards, anything and everything, the fact that you could have it uh, as, as a real-life experience, man, is, it's unbelievable, dude. It's, it's, it's so exciting, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm just – this is like – dude, I, like, I, re- I literally wake up every morning now and I, and I put, you know, Drake forever on. Uh, just, just to get hyped up and that excited, man. It's just on a repeat because I'm just ready to go. Man. I want to catch them all. I'm gonna be the ma- I'm gonna be a Pokey master. I'm going to. I just want to dominate, man. Like it's it's game on. Brian, would you say that the Pokemon Go game has been life changing? It has been life changing, man. And, and and this is this is this may sound bad, uh, I, you know. And I don't want this to come across this way, but it, it's. Because I love my family, I love my job, you know, I love working with you guys and I love my friends and all that good stuff, right? But this just sparked some just new life in me, man. Like, it's like the scales, like, are, are peeled back from my eyes and I can see it again. It's, it's amazing, dude. How do you get anything done in life? Well, so my strategy is, um, I, w- especially when I'm driving, right, because we don't want to crash. So I gave it to my son. And I'm like, hey, late, you got to catch Pokemon. So the more that you catch, <laughs> the later you can stay up at night. I give you some ice cream if you catch some good ones. But it can be, it can be, man, it can, it can get bad. So me and my wife, I think, I think in my area, uh, there's some pretty rare Pokemon. And, and my wife was driving, we were coming home and I think I saw a Blastoise. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm still a little bit rusty. And I was like, stop the car. Stop the car. <laughs> and she was like, no way. I'm not stopping the car for some stupid Pokemon. And I was like, I will, I was like, babe, I will, I will get out of this car right now and do a James Bond roll <laughs> to try to get this, to get this Pokemon. So she did a U-turn and I mean, it was gone, but I mean, that's how serious it is, man. It's real. Oh my goodness! It's mm-hmm. it caused a car accident, a fifteen car pileup at one point. I mean, yeah, is it a little bit out of control? It is, dude. You know why? I'm not gonna lie. I caught me a Pokemon while I was driving. Brian, <laughs> I, was, I was I was driving, but look, I was driving. It was late last night. It was it was probably like eleven o'clock at night. I was picking up my wife, and 
Um, I was at a stop sign and I saw a Pikachu. And come on, it's a Pikachu. It's, it's 11 o'clock stop sign. There's nobody around. I mean, it, you know, it's added into it. It was Sunday night, right? We all know there's no traffic in, in Utah on Sundays. And so, yeah, I stayed a little bit. I did put my hazard lights on, though, at the stop sign. Oh, well, at least you I were safe it, about it. And, yeah, I battled a little bit. So, yeah, so there's ways of doing it. I Like, just like driving with your head down, no, you are almost better off texting than playing Pokemon. 95% of the listeners that are over 30 years old are like, what is this language that is being spoken right now? <laughs> So we're gonna we're going to appeal to all BYU fans now and talk a little bit of football. We'll put Pokemon on the back burner, but because you played defensive back and you're passionate about the secondary for obvious reasons, this year's BYU secondary is rather intriguing. It's a mix of really top tier talent coming out of high school. When you look at Troy Warner and an experienced guy like Michael Davis, and then Micah Hanneman is making the transition back to safety, and you got Kai Nakua. The guy who led the nation in interceptions halfway through the season last year, they're all coming together, but it's a new defense. So what do you really anticipate from this type of BYU secondary? Oh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I would got to say uh, for a lot more plays. I, I expect the guys to make a lot more plays than they did um, last year or just even under uh, Coach Mendenhall. Um, I, I think I think the reason why is, is you know Bronco runs a, a an NFL type defense. I mean you you hear guys that go to the NFL that played under Bronco and they say oh you know that, yeah the Raiders or the the this, you know Redskins defense is way easier you know way easier to understand. And so from from what I heard uh, you know Bronco's defense is is even complicated at the NFL level and those guys have been playing ball for years. And so when you when you try to, to implement that with, with kids that are still learning the game and, and trying to comprehend X's and O's now at this level, um, they play a little bit slower because they're thinking too much. Uh, and, and when you have a, a defense that is a little bit more dumbed down where guys can, can react, um, they usually they play faster because they, they don't have to think as much. Uh, and if you play faster, you always make more plays. Um, and, and so that's, that's what – I would hope for uh, if, if it's that simplified for for guys to to be on their toes, think fast, and and come up with some some bigger plays. The Jim Thorpe uh, Award watch list was released today. No BYU players were on it. That's handed out to the uh, college football's best defensive back. Number one, does that surprise you that no Cougars were on the list? And then maybe second question would be if somebody on BYU's roster deserved to be on there, who do you think it would be? Uh, I don't think it really surprised me um, too much. I mean, I think I think anybody on that roster right now that that would be there, uh, I would say uh, Kai Nakua, uh, just because of what he did last year and, and kind of the splash he made. I mean, anytime you have an athlete like that that can get interceptions and, and return them for touchdowns, uh, you essentially have an offensive player on defense, which is just not fair. Uh, but but the, the thing about these awards, guys, is, is you got to take it with a with a grain of salt because they're, they're to me personally, I feel like the, the true uh, evaluation of a player isn't really there. And I, I think you got to look at stats, you got to look at um, just overall numbers, you got to look at the type of player he is um, and the type of impact that he can make. Meaning, if if I have a guy that plays corner and he maybe gets two interceptions all year, but he only had 10 balls thrown to him the whole year, well, that's a guy that, that should be awarded. He should be recognized for that because he's shutting down 
an entire half of the field. Uh, he's a game changer, even though the stats on paper, they, it doesn't display it. Um, you know, the way that offensive coordinators or quarterbacks or receivers uh, have to go about the game and playing that, that guy is, is completely different. Uh, and so uh, in addition to that, you also have to understand a lot of hype is involved with these awards. Uh, if, if you make a, a splash your first year like Kai did, uh, usually the second year you're, you, you have to be consistent, right? You have to do the same things, if not better. Uh, but now your name is out there. It's known. You kind of confirmed it going to the next year. And then your third year, yeah, you kind of have, you kind of have that, that, that recognition. You build your brand. Um, and so it's a lot harder for, for BYU players, I think. Um, especially in in, uh, in the past, it's a little bit easier now with with uh, with, with the ESPN deals and, and, and the exposure that these guys get. But you got to always understand that the BYU players, just athletes, period, have to go above and beyond to really get that 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 recognition, just because of the brand name schools and players that they're going up against. Brian Logan with us on BYU Sports Nation, specifically talking about the BYU football defensive backfield. And there's been a lot of hype and buzz, understandably, for a guy like Troy Warner, the brother of Fred, who was initially committed to Oregon. And he's a huge recruit that decided to come and play with his brother at BYU. So that said, what are fair expectations for a guy like Troy Warner, given that he's coming with the hype of being a recruit that went to Oregon? Cool, man, Spencer, that's hard, man, because <laughs> to me, <laughs> if you had all of those scholarships and you had, you know, you, you, you had a lot of hype coming out of high school and, and you, you know, you balled out, um, I, I, I would expect that to happen, you know, here. I, I would expect him to, you know, pick up the defense. I would expect him to pick up, you know, the speed of, 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 of the game. Um, you know, mentally from, from the X's and O's standpoint. I, so I, I, would, I would expect for the, the type of player that he was in high school, because it was just so easy, uh, that he would be able to adjust pretty fast um, at this level. So I, from, 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 you know, looking at, I, I would say, from a player standpoint uh, and an ex-player, I, I would hope and expect that he, you know, plays like he is a starter, plays like he is, um, you know, that he, that he can live up to the hype. Um, I think realistic expectations as an analyst uh, is, is just really for him to get better. You know, if, if he can come in and start, which looks like he has a pretty good chance of doing, uh, you know, he's going to make those mistakes. He, he's going to uh, face top-tier talent uh, for the first time in his life. Uh, he's, he, he's always been the, the big guy on campus or in, in the conference, but now he's going to be thrown into a pool where everybody's good. Uh, so if, if he could uh, – if we could see improvements – from just tackling the speed of the game, just the, the knowledge of the game, um, and, and you go from maybe giving up a couple uh, uh, catches to uh, you know very few to even getting some intercept to pass breakups to e- even interceptions. I think if we could just see his progression throughout the year, I think that's the biggest thing that uh, that we can hope for uh, as as fans. You know, it may be unfair to compare last year's defense to this year's defense simply because you're going to be implementing a new scheme. But how do you believe BYU's defense will be better this season compared to last year? Uh, I, I think they'll be better just because of the, the, the personnel that they have. When you, when you look at a guy like Michael Davis, who is his, he's, he's not as strong, he's not as big, um, but extremely athletic, extremely talented. He's long, he's tall, fast, quick, all the above. 
Um, that's a guy to me that that is more suited for uh, a, a man-based defense. Uh, somebody that doesn't have to think. Somebody that you could just say, "Hey, see that guy right there? You just guard him. Wherever he goes, you follow him." Um, and his skill sets and and his athletic ability allows him to be very successful in those situations. You you look at uh, times where he's made plays. You know they've been in in, in man coverage. Uh, where where BYU has ran the, you know the most man since uh, you know for I, I think a, a while with under Bronco Minow, um, but I, I think when you when you move it to a defense like this where it's less complicated, um, you know you don't have to go through so many checks and reads, and you don't have to rely on so many other people within the secondary, even your linebackers. You can kind of just go out there and, and do do you do what you got to do. Um, I, I, I think a lot more of those corners and those and those safeties um, are suited for for this type of of defense. Uh, you know, Coach Coach Minnell, they did a good job of, of recruiting these kids, uh, but you know, I, I think that with with their with their skill set and their talent, uh, it, it may not have been suited for a zone type of scheme like like Coach Minnell. So I, I think that's why they'll be uh, a lot better. Uh, from uh, from just a, a, a one-on-one, you know, athlete versus athlete, just being able to shut down a receiver or a whole side of the ball, uh, you know, for that reason. Brian Logan with us on BYU Sports Nation discussing everything from Pokemon Go to the BYU secondary. <laughs> like a boss, man. Hey, great to talk to you. Yeah, you too, man. So, Spencer, did you not uh, download this the app? Did you not get it? <sighs> I'm going to download it, Brian. Solely for you. you download it, dude. I will Come download. On, you have convinced me. I am so disappointed in you, dude. <laughs> so if, disappointed. If anybody sees Spencer walking around <laughs> aimlessly this, the streets <laughs> of Saratoga on, Springs, you'll know exactly hey, what's going on. I'm just going to, before I leave, because I know I'm probably taking up a lot of time, I just want to give everybody a 10 second rule. That's the rule. That's the way to be safe. 10 second rule. Just count 10 seconds in your head, and then boom, look up, then go right back down. You'll be good. <laughs> Yeah. We do not condone this, Brian. Same second rule. Same second. What, man? Well, look, you, got, you, just, you can't be naive. We, we know that the people are going to walk around with their hands tonight. We, we understand that, right? So uh, let's, just, let's just keep people safe. Let's keep people safe in the cars. Yes, you got it. All right, Brian, I'll download it for you, man. You'll be the first person Thanks. to know when I do. Thanks, bro. You got yeah. it. Brian Logan on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. <laughs> Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Follow him at Brian Logan 7 The 10-second rule, huh? On the Twitter machine. Yeah, just count to 10 and look back down. You're good. No, no. That's, no just, that's just not pay good. You're not good. All the time. At ADJ Radio says the following on Twitter. Today I checked my news feed for Jimmer, made sure I had my BYU Arizona tickets, caught a Pokemon, Slurpee up next. He's got all his bases covered. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Chris Watkins, the associate head coach of BYU Women's Soccer. Welcome back, sports friends, on a Monday. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented proudly by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Download the new BYU TV app on the fourth-generation Apple TV. You can stream live programming. You can also go back and watch BYU TV shows and sporting events on demand. It's quite the handy tool.
Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, Jimmer Fredette stole the NBA Summer League show for the Denver Nuggets on Saturday night, 26 points in 26 minutes. He's back in action tonight against the Miami Heat. 8 Eastern, you can watch that on ESPN2. Kyle Collinsworth made his debut in the Vegas Summer League with the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday at 4 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals in 21 minutes. Collinsworth and the Mavs play again tonight against the Toronto Raptors at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBA TV. All also, Brandon Davies is in Vegas. He had three points, four rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block for his new summer league team, the Chicago Bulls. He's had multiple summer league teams already. That's right. The BYU women's soccer team released their schedule for 2016. First five games go as follows. UCLA, Washington State, Nebraska, Penn State, and Tennessee. Hello! We'll talk to Chris Watkins in just a moment about that very, very intriguing start. And former BYU baseball pitcher Colton Mahoney pitched five and a third innings. He allowed seven hits and zero earned runs. He also struck out three batters as he got the W versus the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. couple of tweets that you need to uh, know about. At Aaron K underscore MN says, The accident story is fake. So there was no accident on the freeway, a 15-car pileup. That, that is a fake story that somebody made up while they were Pokemon hunting. <laughs> If you cannot trust a Pokemon hunter, who can you trust? <laughs> I mean, oh what does goodness. our world come to? I don't know. Joining us now to discuss Pokemon and BYU women's <laughs> soccer is Chris Watkins, associate head coach. Chris, welcome back to Studio B. Uh, thanks for having me, and I'm not sure how much I can add to the Pokemon discussion, but I'll try. Okay. Well, what, first of all, what do you know about it? I know a kid yesterday as I'm walking by my, my kid's elementary school asked me, have I seen a Pokemon thing? And I'm like, <laughs> like, no, I've got some old cards at my house from my son had. And he was seen, very intense. Is he like, around he here? <laughs> he, was, he was committed to something. I don't know what so was going on. So you utilize the GPS on your phone to go and catch these fictional creatures. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a worldwide phenomenon. Are you worried that this might interrupt something some things that you have going on with your girls and being right, right. soccer there's this big trend in soccer right it's more and more important in the world and now boom pokemon comes in and nobody cares about well, you blame it on nintendo you've got camps going on right now i would venture to say if you pay attention to some of those campers they'll be walking around with their phones yeah i was just looking at 260 kids and they were kind of looking down maybe i need to double check turn off the gps for the week oh uh, the indoor practice facility is a huge training ground for uh for Pokemon. Pokestop. It's a Pokestop. Poke <laughs> yeah. Oh my sad, sad, sad. Oh my goodness. <laughs> By the way, uh speaking of worldwide soccer phenomenons, the Euro twenty sixteen final happened yesterday. One of the great stars, Cristiano Ronaldo, had to leave the game in the twenty third minute. He was, you know, moved to tears because he couldn't play, and you want to play in the biggest games on the biggest stage. Well, Portugal pulls off the upset of France anyway. How much influence does a game like that have on the game here in America? We're, I'm starting to see the trend of it. it's popularity growing for sure, but how much, how much does a game like that matter to Americans? Well, you know, yesterday I'm watching the game and I'm thinking, I want this to be a great showcase for the game because so many new eyes are watching. And uh, unfortunately, yesterday wasn't, wasn't the best game. Actually, I'd say it's about the worst game in the Euros. <laughs> oh, man. So it was unfortunate in that way. But, you know, it was for Cristiano Ronaldo, I think it was a great game because those of us who don't like him, and I'm in that camp, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> but he really showed how much he cared yesterday, right? I mean, he's working hard, got injured, and he really saw how much he cared. And I think that's one of the knocks on him. Is he, is he about himself or is he about the team? And I think, I think I, you know, I think we all saw a little bit more in him, uh, a little more depth in him yesterday. So... I still wouldn't buy a Ronaldo jersey by any stretch, yeah, but yeah. I can appreciate him a little more now. Any particular team you were rooting for in this whole thing? 
Uh, you know, I always like Spain, um, and, and they're getting a little old. They probably need some younger players. I like France. they got some young players who are doing very well. And I love Iceland. I've loved Iceland since they qualified a year ago. I read every article I can on Iceland. It's a remarkable <laughs> story. A country smaller than Utah County as far as population. 320,000 people in the country. Yeah. And developing the players they're developing, it, it puts us to shame. We're, we have a problem here in the county, developing players. Iceland's perfected it. We need to get on the ball. <laughs> Yeah, in all seriousness, how do you implement a tournament like that and styles and uh, the world professionals into the game here at BYU? Yeah, well, I'm, that's that's difficult. There's a lot of different styles that come together. On our on our women's team, you know, we're, we're pretty. We have such a, an established style of play that players come in and they adapt pretty quickly because there's no other way but our way. It, it works. It has worked. We need to refine it to get even better. But uh, our girls do a good job of adjusting and adapting to what we do quite quickly because it's mainly hustle, working hard, and that's inside everybody. Sometimes you just got to pull it out. You guys uh, released your 2016 schedule just a couple of days ago, and certainly one of the things that jumps out is just how tough of a schedule it is. I mean, you just look at the first couple of games, as we mentioned, UCLA, Washington State, Nebraska, Penn State, Tennessee – what are the benefits of of loading up a schedule like you guys have? Yeah. Well, the benefit is, of course, we can find out exactly how good we are before we get to November and, and have to find out at Stanford, right? And, and last Terrible year, draw that I'm still upset about, Coach. <laughs> I don't talk about it. <laughs> so, so, you know, we have a few of those games every year. This year we have a few more than we have in the past, and so hopefully we're used to that. That intensity. Our conference is a great conference as well, so there's certainly nothing wrong with our conference. But we have a great team. We have we return almost everyone, and if we go into the tournament as a seeded team, we can avoid a tough game like a Stanford in the second round, and that's our goal. We want to play these, you know, all these great teams, and hopefully get a seed and and see a team like Stanford in in the in the you know the elite eight, eight. eight yes. or something like that. And it's under our control. We have the players to do it this year. We have the schedule to do it. Now it's up to us. So what's the most important element of that schedule coming together? Is is it RPI-based? I mean, because we talk about RPI with basketball and with baseball. We talked about it a ton. And, and the baseball yeah. team got burned a little bit by RPI. Yeah. So is is that the number one metric you look at when you're scheduling? Uh, for sure. Any coach who's doing something different is making a huge mistake if their goal is – to, to be at the highest level, to, to go to the Final Four or win a national championship, you have to look at the RPI and, and know that you might have a stumble or two along the way. But if you stumble against an RPI of a 230, you're not getting in as, as, at an at-large bid. So for us, we won't schedule a team that's in that RPI. We won't play them. And so if you look at our schedule, all of these folks have a, have a great chance of being in the top 100 RPI. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Without exception, including in our conference. You know, I think we're going to see some, some improved play in our conference. Last year, our conference was a couple teams that were poor. And they've got, a, you know, Specific's got a new coach. I think they'll be a little bit better. And so we may have a schedule here. A DU had a bad year last year, but the year before, they were in the top 50 RPI. So we've set ourselves up to even stumble, potentially, and still have a great RPI and great experience to lean on when we get to the NCAA tournament. You mentioned it just a moment ago. You bring back almost everybody from last year's roster. So with that in mind, what do you think is possible for this team this season? Well, I mean, we're still not the most talented team in the country. I don't, I don't think we have um, you know, the resumes of some of, our, some of our opponents in the top 25. I think that's, that's probably 
a fact. However, experience-wise, we have as much experience as any team out there, I believe. Um, and quality-wise, even though our resumes maybe don't have some of the national team uh, accolades that some of the other programs do, I feel like our program uh, is in great shape, maybe better than ever before. I've been doing this for 21 years. Jen's been doing it for 22. She's on board. We feel like all the pieces are in place. So we just have to, you know, we have to test ourselves with a good schedule, and we have to uh, make sure we stay sharp and hungry. And I think that's a legitimate concern for all of us as, as a staff and players right now. You got a taste of that uh... – Elite Eight energy in 2012 when North Carolina came to Southfield and it ended up being a crazy overtime loss. But I can't help but draw a few parallels in terms of experience and what you bring back with this team to that team in 2012. Am I off base doing so? No, I think it's fair. Um, the quality, the returning players, the returning stars, and we have two returning All-Americans on our roster right now, right? One, one from 2015, one from 2014, both forwards. We have a great goalkeeper. That, that team had a great goalkeeper. The pieces, the spine of the team has that same same look and feel that it had in 2012. And I'd go back to, you know, our Elite Eight experience back in uh, 19 or 20, what, 2002, I think, uh, when, we, when we went to the Elite Eight then as well. Now, it's interesting. I'm looking at the names of, of this year's players. Ashley Hatch, Nadia Gomes, Michelle Murphy-Vasconcelos, Elena Medeiros, Maddie Lyons. Any one of them could lead the team. Any one of them could lead the team in goal scoring. Yeah. Who knows who, uh, but they're all so good. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> lining up against us as a defender? And w- what's the coach going to put on the board? Who do you want to take away from us? Ashley Hatch, great. Nadia. Nadia was the conference player of the year last year so so we're in good shape we have to stay healthy and we have to stay hungry i watched the girls play this morning they were playing hard but there's a little more in there mm. um tom homo's talking to our team today at lunch uh, probably on a similar topic i think we all know we're capable of some special things we have to make sure we get there because a year from now we could look back at a squandered opportunity if we don't the blue and white game i believe is under a month away i think so I don't, what is it uh, august 6th yeah yeah under a month away. We're ready to go, Coach. Uh, happy Slurpee Day. Good luck with the Pokemon hunting and uh, sur- <laughs> and surviving the summer camps as well. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Chris Watkins back on BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. The BYU women's soccer team, you can expect a very high preseason ranking uh, for a team that's loaded with talent. Which video game best describes your BYU fandom and why? Send in your Twitter responses. Up next, we play hashtag this as well as get to some of your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard live from the studio bizzle. If you miss an episode of BYUSN Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. I would say, would you say that we're, we're social media? We're social media, sure, right? Sure, yeah. And BYU Sports Nation is on social media, at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, BYU Sports Nation on Instagram, and on Snapchat, BYUSN. Lots of different places you can follow us. We have so many fantastic tweets coming in in response to our Twitter question today that we're going to bag hashtag this and just go with These the good. Twitter awesomeness. So, without further ado, let's go to the Twitter machine. We tweet. Which video game best describes your BYU fandom and why? Jason, would you like to read the first one on the screen right now? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead with at uh, YFangirl underscore JB. Says, Oregon Trail. We're on a never-ending journey to the playoff. <laughs> Some die of dysentery on the way. 
Oh my goodness. Oh, do you remember you remember playing Oregon Trail, right? You've got dysentery. <laughs> I loved Oregon yes. Trail. It was my jam in like third grade. I mean, yeah, you got to play it in school. It was yeah. like educational. Absolutely. I loved Oregon Trail. I loved hunting. I just wanted to hunt yes. for bears and buffalo. Hunt the buffalo. You got to shoot the buffalo. <laughs> and now kids are, now the second graders are hunting Pokemon with their <laughs> GPS Man, here's on what, their smartphones. Here's what we needed to do. We needed to capture the buffalo <laughs> and then train them to battle for us. That's what we should have been doing. At Still Team Riley tweets in, Minecraft, you are free to build whatever you want, your own buildings, your own schedule. You are independent. Yes. Nice tie-in right there. At BYU Cougars, another Minecraft. Best describes my diehard BYU fandom because sky is the limit. How about at Y for life? Battle toads. <laughs> Never can make it past the fourth level. <laughs> Aren't there only five levels in that game, too? I've never played Battletoads. I don't even know what that is. Really fun. It is such a hard Nintendo game. Is it like Frogger? Like no. on steroids? No, it's like Frogger meets Contra. Ooh! Yeah. So like literally a frog is, yes. is, is shooting things. You are going to battle. You are a, it's a literal you are, you battle toad. Jason Bourne of Toads. Jason Bourne? <laughs> Identity? That was for Jerem. <laughs> uh, you kind of look like Matt Damon, don't you? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I I get that all the time. I'm not joking. I really that, do get that all the time. Is that not the truth? Jason I get it all Shepherd. the time. My, go see my movie in a couple weeks. <laughs> yes, please. At Laser Sheep, Duck Hunt. I can do pretty well, but I'm not quite elite. Maybe the best on my street. I can be beat. <laughs> uh, okay. At Snow of Utah says, any Legend of Zelda game? Classics that revolutionized the game and are still doing it just like the Cougars. Yes. What is your BYU fandom best described in a video game and why? At Shane Bleeds Blue, Destiny, way overhyped. Good game, but a little disappointing. <laughs> We're not wow. asking you to describe BYU. We're asking you to describe BYU fandom. Come on. Oh, man. I. How about at Twiggy or Stone, Crossy Road? You know it's just a game, but you quickly become obsessed and lose hours of time playing it. <laughs> That's fandom oh, right there. Oh, good grief. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we've forgotten to do something that is very, very important, and we will make sure that it gets taken care of. Also, more Pokemon tweets, and what did Jimmer do that caused such a buzz? BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jason, what's next? Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the association. Jimmer. Jimmer. Scored 26 points for the Denver Nuggets on Saturday night. He's back in action tonight, taking on the Miami Heat. That game getting underway in Vegas, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it on ESPN2. Kyle Collinsworth had four points, four rebounds, three assists, and a couple of steals in 21 minutes of action on Saturday for his summer league team, the Dallas Mavericks. Collinsworth and the Mavs play tonight against the Raptors. You can watch that 6.30 Eastern on NBA TV. Also on the hardwood, Brandon Davies, now with the Chicago Bulls in the Vegas Summer League, had three points, four rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block in his debut over the weekend. Soccer. BYU Women's Soccer has released their schedule for 2016. It is not short of huge challenges. The first five games go as follows. At UCLA, at Washington State, Nebraska at home, at Penn State, Tennessee, at Southfield and Provo. Cougars in the minors. 
Colton Mahoney pitched five and a third innings. He allowed seven hits, no earned runs for the Staten Island Yankees. He also struck out three batters as he got the win versus the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. Also, Jacob Hanneman was placed on the seven-day disabled list by the Tennessee Smokies over the weekend, and Adam Law went one for three with an RBI double and a run for the Jackson Generals in an 11-8 loss to the Montgomery Biscuits. The Biscuits. Volleyball. The Biscuits? Mm. U.S. Women's Volleyball and assistant coach Heather Olmsted won bronze at the Pan Am Cup, defeating Cuba in the third-place game to take home a medal. In other volleyball news, former BYU men's volleyball player Casey Peterson in Group F in the Rio Olympics representing the U.S. in beach volleyball. Correction on that, Casey Patterson. Softball. Gordy Bravo and Team Mexico went one for four in the World Cup of softball as they failed to advance to the knockout rounds. Okay. What's more important, Jason? Pokemon or football? Countdown to the Wildcats. 54 days. Less than two months away from an actual game. Less than a month away from fall camp opening up in Provo. I cannot wait. I'm so excited for this. So close, yet so far away. Indeed. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves the Rise and Shout? Ash? Ash Ketchum, the Pokemon master. <laughs> How about... Can we give it to... How about Nintendo for taking over the world, apparently? <laughs> the creators of this game. How about yeah. that? Good grief. And I think I heard somewhere that it's it's more popular than the social media website Tinder. Like, in a weekend, it's become more popular than all of these massive, massive applications. Unbelievable stuff. Just imagine if you got into the ground floor on this. <laughs> Our elite tweet of the day has nothing to do with our Twitter question today, but it is still elite. At Cougar Stats says this, I have this sinking feeling Studio B is a Pokemon gym. <laughs> what? Well, we, Wait, we... There's Pokemon gyms? We saw people walking around here during the show searching for Pokemon. Why not? Wouldn't surprise me. I didn't know there were Pokemon gyms. <laughs> what do you do there? <laughs> Thanks to our guests today, Brian Logan and Chris Watkins. Also, everybody else on the crew. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Audio podcast on iTunes. Download it on the iTunes app, or the TuneIn app, rather. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to who should we give the shout out to? Uh, Ty Detmer. <laughs>